learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 13. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Dr. Jerika Dodd. Dr. Jerika Dodd is a pharmacist, entrepreneur, coach, and leader. She holds a Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, a Master of Science in Pharmacy Administration from The Ohio State University, and a Master of Science with a focus in Applied Pharma Economics from the University of Florida. She completed her pharmacy practice and administration residency at the Ohio State University Medical Center. Dr. Dodd has been a pharmacist for 21 years and transitioned into full-time entrepreneurship after a 17-year career in the pharmaceutical industry and multiple roles in medical affairs. She also managed a hospital pharmacy and has experience in retail pharmacy. Her recent educational pursuits has been the completion of a nutrition health coaching certificate from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Currently, she is enrolled in the Institute of Functional Medicine and aiming to introduce a functional medicine perspective to the pharmaceutical management of member patients of Your Pharmacy Advocate, LLC, where she is the founder and CEO. Dr. Dodd has been requested to serve as a speaker for numerous and diverse professional and community events. Her experience also includes speaking to diverse audiences, including healthcare providers. Jerika's most recent speaking engagements were as a speaker and panelist at the entrepreneurial events at the 2019 Essence Festival in New Orleans, Louisiana. She is a co-author of the recently published book, I Survived and has been featured on Ms. CEO, Glamptuous and Upwards magazine covers in 2019. Dr. Dodd enjoys traveling, reading, teaching Zumba, cooking, and attending cultural events. With her background in pharmacy, leadership training, and her passion for people, Dr. Dodd enjoys encouraging people to be their best and to get the most out of every opportunity that life presents. Her favorite scripture is Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. And Dr. Dodd endeavors to live life giving back from the abundant ways in which she has been blessed. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Dr. Jerika Dodd. Okay, Dr. Jerika, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for all of your educational accolades and for going into the medical field. I think this is definitely a space that more women of color need to venture into. So I think that's really awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Let's talk about it. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree? I agree. 
I think that we are all blessed with gifts and talents, skills and abilities. And it's when we find our place, if you will, amongst those things that we begin to first feel like we're learning. And then second, I feel like that's when we begin to lead. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that how you just mentioned like first learning, right? Because it starts with us and how we shape ourselves and then how we're able to influence and impact the world, right? So I like that. Right. I feel that most people, when they look to leaders, they want to first know what has that leader learned. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to, then the leader has to show how much they care. And then those that are following that leader will generally step up and want to learn what that leader has to teach, show, and share with them. Okay. Yes. Care is very, I love that. Great, great points. So Dr. Jerika, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Oh gosh, I was I was thinking about when did I first realize that I was a leader? And I think it was probably in high school. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> but I remember when I decided to run for junior class secretary. And, you know, there were only four positions, president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. And thinking like, wow, I'm stepping up to run a campaign and lead my junior class in high school. And, you know, while that was daunting, it was definitely a rewarding experience. And even though, you know, at that time in the 11th grade, I don't know that I really knew all that leadership entailed. But I think that's probably my earliest remembrance that I think I'm going to do something different and it's going to be around leadership. Okay. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that is awesome that you, you know, actually took the charge and kind of figured out a way to make yourself stand out even at, you know, as a teenager. I know thinking back to my teenagers, I'm like, I admire the people that, you know, applied for those positions or went out to do that. And I'm like, why didn't I do that? (laughs) You know, so even, you know, just thinking like what stopped you from doing that and what made a person do it, you know, like kind of looking at that, that uh, situation. I love it. Yes. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Dr. Jerika, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? My code of leadership is one where I feel that as a leader, you have to be able to make decisions. So many people sit on the cusp, sit on the edge of life, of whatever it is that they are hoping to lead because they can't make a decision. But what I've found is that you have to learn to make a decision. And sometimes we want all the information we can possibly have before we make that decision. Sometimes we we want to get enough opinions of yay or nay before we make a decision. But I feel like as a leader, it's so important to be able to make a decision. And if you make a decision and it's the wrong decision, then you turn around and go the other way. And so One of the things that's been most impactful for me, because I think if you don't make a decision, that in itself is a decision not to make a decision. Mm. So 
I think that in leadership, you have to be able to make decisions. And sometimes making decisions means making decisions with not all the information you would like, not all the favorable opinions you would like, but really taking a stand and making a decision based upon your experience, based upon your knowledge, based upon your intuition, all of those things together, because it's the best way to have forward motion. Because if you don't make a decision and you just stand still, you're not moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. I love that. And I want to say, hmm, I don't know if that may have been one of the first times I've heard this answer. And it's a really good one because a lot of people do like get stuck sort of sometimes, what do they call it? Analysis paralysis, yes. where you have to, you know, get all this information, do all this digging. And at the end of the day, you're just procrastinating or delaying what would be. And a lot of times you won't get all the answers until you just throw yourself out there and sink or swim, so to say. Right. Right. And that first decision leads you down a trail where then you make subsequent decisions, then that's fine. But if you never make a decision, I think one, it's a, it's a challenge to your leadership. And two, you won't start moving towards whatever your goal is. Yeah, that's a that's the truth, right? Yeah, we have to keep moving, ladies, even if we don't know how clear the future will be. Because we never really know, right? So it's right. like you think you're getting all this information so that you can have this foul-proof plan, but it's never really a foul-proof plan because, you know, if, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen whether we take 10 years to research or whether we take a year. Right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Dr. Jerika, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Sure. So I think that you and I are definitely on the same page with regard to how we view failure. It's a lesson learned. And my view is that I have failures all the time, if if that's what we call them, failures. But again, I like to call them lessons learned. Maybe it's I made a decision to post something that didn't really get the uptake that I expected on social media. Well, that's a little thing. Maybe it's a contract that I negotiated that I found out later that we really were not a good fit for business. And granted, as we were just talking about making a decision, I truly do try to weigh all of the information that I have at the moment. Mm -hmm. However, if I make a decision and that decision turns out to be a failure, if you will, or a lesson learned, what I try to do is not beat up on myself because I experienced a failure, but really step back, do a debrief with myself and say, what did I learn? If I was to be in that situation again, how would I approach it? If I were to work with that person again, if I was, how would I approach it? So I think there's so much to learn. And that's this this journey of leadership is really, the that's what's rewarding about it because you learn how to course correct. You learn how to take the things that would be a proverbial flop, if you would, and learn how to do it better the next time. It also gives you the wisdom and the capability of sharing with others, because I think it's easy to learn from other mistakes that other people have made. And they say, hey, you don't want to do this. It's easier to learn 
that way sometimes than it is to have the failure yourself. So it also gives you a testimony. It gives you wisdom to share with other people who are coming along in leadership. Okay. Thank you for that. I definitely agree with you and like that, what you suggested, take a step back and do a debrief, right? Because it's so easy to get lost in, oh, this didn't work the way I wanted it to, whereby you'll you can miss the pulling out the lessons and the value in the experience, although it didn't come to the end result that we were wishing, there's still valuable information in the occurrence that we can take back and use to improve. So thank if you I, for that. Yes. Yeah. And if I can add in leadership, I think there's another dimension to our failures, if you would. And, and uh, you don't see me, but I'm doing the air quotes when I say failures. <laughs> so, there, there's another dimension to that because usually in leadership, I think why sometimes we take the failures that happen so hard mm-hmm. is because we're failing in public, if you will. We're failing okay. where people can see. It's not like, oh, I had this little failure and, and no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. It's I had this failure and the people who are counting on me, the people who are following me, the people who are watching me, they can see it. And so therefore, I think it magnifies in our brains, oh my gosh, look what happened. But I think it also helps people see that you're human, that you're not infallible, and that you're capable of learning from your failures and getting back up and taking that next step. Okay. Yes, I like that. More relatable, right? Right. Okay. So Dr. Jerika, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Yes, ma'am. So when I negotiated a contract with a vendor for my pharmacy consulting practice, it seemed like the match made in business heaven. (laughs) It seemed like they could provide all of the things that my company needed. And they were intrigued that my company was based on this platform that was new, that was different. And so we were like, let's work together. So the contract was signed. And unfortunately, several months later, it was not that match made in business heaven, if you would. And I really started to see that there were some deficits, that there were some things that had been promised that weren't delivered. There were some expectations that were not being met. And so it required a very difficult decision. And I remember being on the phone with the vice president of that company and asking, why is it that your company is unable to deliver what my company needs? And do you feel that you've done the best job? And her response was, yes, we've done the best job. And I remember thinking, well, how is it that we have such a misalignment with, I don't feel like I've gotten the best product, but you feel like you've done the best job. And when I did my debrief, I realized that the we had a difference in values. And so the lesson mm. I learned from that is that it's very important to take inventory of values because sometimes it's really easy in business to say, oh, there's a company, they appear to be able to do what it is that I need. Okay, you're hired. 
or, okay, let's sign the contract. However, and not that you necessarily get on the phone and go, okay, what are your values? And let's see if <laughs> they mine. But it helped me form and shape the conversations that mm-hmm. I have with potential uh, business partners, potential companies to find out, are our values really aligned? Because if our values are not aligned, even if you supposedly can do the job, there's still likely going to be some mismatch, some misalignment there. And so that was what I learned is that when working with people, when deciding who to invest and who to contract with, it's important to determine, do we even have the same values? And it doesn't mean that that's a bad company. It doesn't mean that my company is a bad company. It doesn't mean that the bad people involved. Just we're not on the same page likely with our values. And that's going to be a challenge. Yes, thank you for that. I do agree with you. And that is something even in uh, the people that you hire within your own business, right? To make sure that, yeah, your values and their values are aligned and the people that you engage in business with. I like that. And that can be overlooked, right? Because a task is a task. But if you don't value, let's say, time management or excellence, you know, then a presentation put together may be hodgepodge or, you know, deliverables may be a little late, but they still come or, you know, something to that effect where it's like, okay, it's done, but not in the same order of excellence as as you would want it. Is that like what you were alluding to? Exactly. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that. That's a great point and something that probably is often overlooked. So thank you for that example. Okay. So Dr. Jerika, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Mm, I think that it's harder. And Obviously, I may be biased, but the reason <laughs> the reason that I think it's harder is because there are so many expectations and standards that are placed on women in general. Just you know, we're not even talking about leaders, business women, just women in general on how we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to carry ourselves. That trying to navigate those expectations yet still show up as who we are authentically, still show up and bring our gifts, talents, skills, and abilities to the table at which we lead. I think that is harder to do because we're Definitely, like you hear people speak of a male leader as being assertive, but a female leader is bossy, aggressive, words that adjectives that have negative connotations to them. And so with that, I think that it's harder being a female leader and knowing when to push, when to pull, and how to do it all gracefully and still show up and defy expectations as well as adhere to the expectation. There's just so much in that, that I believe that being a female leader definitely offers a layer of complexity compared to our male counterparts. Okay. Thank you for that. And I do agree that as women, we aren't viewed the same, you know, and some of the same characteristics will be, can come off negatively or be looked at negatively, uh, whereby we have to kind of make our own narrative, I would say, and, you know, and just walk in our, like you said, grace, learn how to move gracefully, but, you know, just walk in our strength, knowing that being who we are is enough. Right. 
Yes, thank you. Okay. Productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Dr. Dorica, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? So the things that help me be productive and efficient and not lose myself in all that I do are, I would say, number one, my calendar is like a necessary, I cannot live without it. (laughs) Because when I start trying to discuss my schedule and I don't have my calendar at hand, be it my written calendar or my electronic calendar, because I do a bit of both, I am not very capable of managing my schedule from my memory. Mm -hmm. So my top productivity tool for me is always having my calendar very near because oftentimes I'm in different time zones and that can get crossed up if you can imagine. So uh, I would say my calendar is first. Second, I make sure that the things that are most critical, the things that are priority, that they have a space on my calendar. So you hear people talk about, I need to exercise. Well, I've learned that if it's not on my calendar, one, I I keep a coach, but two, if it's not on my calendar, then it's not likely to happen. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if someone is trying to connect and we're, hey, let's jump on the phone. Let's just have a quick call. Let's talk. When I find that it's not happening, that's when I will reach out and say, hey, you know what? Here's a link to my calendar. Tell me what time works for you so that we can make it happen. So again, I'm back to my calendar, but also prioritizing those things that are necessities for every day the quiet time, meditation, prayer, working out, all of those things that help me show up and be the leader that I am, I have to prioritize them, put them on the calendar, or they won't happen because it's really easy to jump out of bed and run into your day and realize those things that keep me afloat, those things that keep me functioning on all my cylinders, they didn't even happen today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Great, great point. I love that. I love that. And that's basically learning how to put ourselves first, right? Because if we're not full and we're not operating on all cylinders, then it's not going to, the day doesn't necessarily go the way we would want it to go. So, right. Yeah, we have to plan for it. You're you're speaking directly to me. So, (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so Dr. Jerika, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Hmm, an experience that blessed my leadership. So I'll, I'll talk about a recent experience because I was on a group coaching call with, with my coaching group last week. And oftentimes when I'm talking to people, the my clients tend to be very analytical And when I'm talking to them, I'm talking, I'm analytical too, but I'm talking with them about dreaming and what is it that, you know, is your heart's passion? Let's build that business. Let's, you know, let's, let's go do that. And so oftentimes I wonder if maybe they are not saying it, but thinking 
she is looking through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> she understand that I have bills to pay. I don't know how to do what it is that I have a passion to, to, to do. You know, where, where's she must be floating on a cloud somewhere. However, I did a group session with my group coaching clients last week, and the title of the call and, and the teaching was Mindset and Dreams. And in parentheses, when I advertised it to them, or announce it to them, I put in parentheses, I said, don't take this lightly. And because I didn't want them to look at it, I said, oh, that's the mindset dreams call. I can skip that one. I'll just get the recording. So I didn't want them to take it lightly. When they got on the call, it was such magical experience in that the ladies begin to open up and share. Well, because as I mentioned, a coach pharmacist, the ladies begin to open up and share. Well, I really have a desire to be a stylist, a fashion stylist, or I really have a desire to make desserts or whatever their dream was. They actually started opening up and sharing. And my comment to each one of them was, why aren't we building that? That's what your desire and your passion is. Let's build it. And so the excitement and the energy that was on that call was amazing. Well, yes, there will be those who will be able to hear the recording. If you were on that call and one of them even followed up and said, wow, that was an amazing call because we were able to really just dream and share our dreams and start thinking about what is possible, that we can really build anything that we want. So as a leader, you must know that I had that proud mama feeling <laughs> that my clients were actually seeing what it is that I've been helping, you know, hoping that they would be able to see for themselves. And so that was one of those moments where if we had stayed on the phone all night talking about dreams, I would have been excited to do it because it's where you begin to see that you're really reaching people. You're really having an effect. And I think sometimes in leadership, we wonder, are they getting it? Are they understanding where I'm coming from? Can they see what I see? And so that was just one of those rewarding moments where I really could see that they could see what I saw. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I love that. That's so funny. I was actually doing some writing last night and thinking of changing some of my items around the, the title mindset, which you see, I do leadership, but I think People hear titles and kind of, you know, some titles can push people away, can right. excite people and things like that. But I do agree with you that we do have to take the time and dig deep and, and dream big. And I'm I'm shocked that someone was into fashion. Like you wouldn't think that, right? If pharmacists and things like that, you wouldn't think it. But look how how much of a variety it could be and, and what what's stopping us from from actually going for it. So I love that. All right. So Dr. Jerika, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? So as a leader, I really feel that you have to help enough people get where they want to go. And if you do that, you'll get where you want to go. That's a quote from Zig Ziglar. And it, it may not be verbatim, but it's, it's very, very close. <laughs> yeah. And then I also knew of a leader who said, you have to give and give, then get. And so oftentimes, humans, we show up with a what's in it for me Mm -hmm. perspective or attitude. But as a leader, I think it's so much more than 
what we can get to build more on our leadership journey, but it's giving to people. It's, it's turning and giving to help other people get where they want to go. And as a result, I will get where I want to go. And so I think that we have to, one, give and give more than we actually get. And Though we feel like we may be giving more as leaders, I promise the reward that we get is going to definitely supersede in the end the amount that we give. So I'm very, very much in favor of helping people get where they want to go. And in turn, that is how I have gotten to where I've wanted to go. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And that is a great advice, right? Because like you said, we are just humans, right? And it's usually the first instinct is self-preservation, but Mm -hmm. in realizing that helping others helps you, that's like a win-win, you know? And and you're, yeah, and you're actually helping other people (laughs) instead of just focusing on yourself. So that is great, great advice. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel great. And that was so much fun. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed. Well, Dr. Jerika, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. The best way to keep up with me or connect with me, and I love connecting. So the best way to do that is either through social media or my website. My website is yourpharmacyadvocate.com. Again, it's yourpharmacyadvocate.com. Dot com. And even if the, a person reaches out and they're not necessarily interested in the services that we can provide, they can definitely reach out through the website. There's a contact link there that they can leave their information and I can follow up with them. Or if you're interested in connecting on social media, I can be found on Facebook at Jerica L. Dodd, it's J-E-R-R-I-C-A L. Dodd, D-O-D-D. I can also be contacted on our Facebook uh, business page, which is Your Pharmacy Advocate. So I would love to connect. I have an Instagram account, which is, uh, there's a couple, there's Jerika Speaks, and then there's Your Pharmacy Advocate on Instagram as well. Okay. So thank you, Dr. Jerika. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you. You're welcome. enjoyed this interview with Dr. Jerika, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Dr. Jerika's notion that leaders must be able to make decisions, sometimes without the insight and support desired at the time. If we aim to move forward as leaders, we must understand that decisions are required. As Dr. Jerika suggested, we must learn to rely on and be confident in our experience intuition, and knowledge to guide us. When we become comfortable with the possibility of failing, we can understand that failure is just an opportunity to course correct if we keep pushing. A quote by Winston Churchill reads, the price of greatness is responsibility. 
I admire Dr. Jerika's decision to put herself first by adding self-care into her morning routine so she can be a better leader. Taking time to nurture ourselves is not only smart, it is required if we want to show up at our best. Dr. Jerika shared three things that she does for herself daily, which is meditate, pray, and work out. These are great ways to take care of ourselves so we can be healthy and on point. Dr. Jerika suggested we schedule all of our priorities with self-care being at the top of the list to ensure we accomplish our goals and stay focused. A quote by Eleanor Brown reads, self-care is so important. When you take time to replenish your spirit, it allows you to serve others from the overflow. You cannot serve from an empty vessel. I can relate to Dr. Jerika's analytical yet optimistic mindset as I have the same. Dreaming can be difficult for a person whose mind works off of facts and figures, yet it is essential if we want to reach our highest potential. Positivity cannot be quantified in numbers, but it can be quantified in observation. When we expand our horizons, we open our minds to the possibilities we have. When our dreams energize and excite us, we should follow them. Dr. Jerika said, when we start thinking about what is possible, we can build anything we want. A quote by Walt Disney reads, if you can dream it, you can do it. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Dr. Jerika mentioned the importance of having shared values with those we do business with to ensure we have the same priorities and goals. When our expectations differ from those around us, we view things differently and are driven by different measures which can leave room for disappointment in the long run. If we want to be aligned with those we work with, we have to ensure our values are similar and we are operating on the same frequency. I will make it my business to dig deeper in my conversations with others to see if they have the same values before moving forward. I understand that my idea of complete and superb is not a universal view, so I will do my due diligence to mitigate the risk of misunderstanding by seeking those in alignment with my values. A quote by an unknown author reads, sometimes the issue is simply that their ceiling is your floor. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I listen to a training or attend podcasts, I am to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Learn how to course correct with Dr. Jerika Dodd. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.